What came first, Junior or Twins? Twins came first, for Twins sure. First. For sure, yeah. Did you like that movie? Uh, I love Twins. Twins is a great movie. You don't like a lot of movies. I like tons of movies. What are you talking about? I feel like you don't watch movies. You know what? I have this issue with somebody else at work. They always, you know, they'll come up to me, they're like, oh, you, you'll like this. It's real pretentious. You'll like this. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? You'll like this. It's really crotchety. Do you know what I really like doing? I like getting stoned and watching Harold and Kumar. That's, how, really? that's how pretentious <laughs> I am. Yeah. Welcome to another episode of Inferior Men, the podcast that brings you all things business from two complete failures. How's it going? It's going. How you doing, Steve? What a, what a brisk evening, huh? Yes. What a very brisk How's your summer evening. been? My summer uh, has been going pretty well so far. I was actually just contemplating what my summer has been like. It's and been that room. You built a room. I built a room. I'm Chris, ha- I'm Chris ha- built a baby room. I'm having a child. Yeah. In November. Um, and I'm also going through a little bit of a, a cold right now. So if you hear me kind of uh, having a little more... Uh, bedroom voice tonight Ooh. yeah isn't that kind of i kind of like it. i'm gonna use it i'm gonna use it uh yeah so i've been working on the room uh in the back getting that ready for the baby but you know it's just it's funny i always think about when i was a kid and how you get that instantaneous nostalgia like at the end of summer like the mm. day before oh, yeah. school starts yeah you just all of a sudden all those memories just come rushing back yeah and um, I just don't ever feel that anymore. You don't? I don't. Uh, you lost a piece of your heart. I did. I think I did. I it mean, melted. there's some things where I'm like, yeah, that was fun, but I don't ever get that that rush mm. of adrenaline of just looking bad. back. We, yeah. we went, uh, my mother took us all to Disney World at the beginning of June. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking back and I was like, man, that felt, that felt like a long time ago, but it wasn't. No. It was just a month Yeah, just a couple months ago. So this, summer, this is a summer that's not going by fast for me, which is good. It's good, especially in Chicago, too, when we we like to extend the warm weather as long as we can up here. So it's great. I get that seasonal depression. Do you get seasonal depression? Uh, Sometimes I do. Yeah. But sometimes I embrace it. Mm. If I can embrace it, if I can embrace the misery, which I often can do a very good job of for many uh, facets of my life, Mm -hmm. um, I can usually grind through it. How does one embrace the misery? Um. For instance, when it's like negative 20, mm. if, if it's just those cold, cold days that we get in Chicago, you get that sense just like, I am, I'm just like fighting to stay alive. Mm. Like, I can't be miserable about like this. Like a caveman. Like, yeah. Like a, like a, like a bear in the woods. Exactly. Exactly. I thought, you meant, I thought you meant misery as in like depression. You're talking about natural misery. As yeah. In wind. Yeah. I think like. You know, clinical depression is maybe a, a little bit different than just, you know, wearing an extra layer. I'll but. say. I'll say. <laughs> um, well, great. Let's let's get uh, let's get this show. Uh, let's get down to. Here. Let's get down to. What, what do they say? Brass tacks. Brass tacks. What do they say up up 
up there in in uh, in, in, in Canada, what? huh? Brass tacks. Brass tacks. Yeah. Is that what they say in Canada? Yeah. All right. All the way up there. <laughs> um. So first thing, we uh we got a a new business or newish business, I oh, should yeah. say, um that we did want to review this week to start the show off. Uh, this is a new company called Brandless. So mm. some of you may have already heard of this. Um, I'll just kind of give you a quick overview. This is uh, from an article in Business Insider. So uh, Brandless is pitching itself as the Procter & Gamble for millennials. It offers a host of essential consumer items for a single low price of $3. Everything's 3 bucks. So the name Brandless game, the name of Brandless's game is Simplicity. There are only two real choices to make on the Brandless website. What do you want and how much of it do you want? There's also only one choice for each individual item, which the founders say prevents shoppers from being paralyzed by choice. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, Sharky, who's one of the um, owners, says that Brandless... His name's Sharky? His last name. <clears throat> Damn. Is about reclaiming one's identity through the freedom to allow people to define themselves as who they are and not what a brand or society is projecting onto them. Yeah. I, I I work in the advertising world, and I, I love this idea. For, I do think it's really – I kind of roll my eyes at the, the idea that they pitch themselves as the Procter & Gamble for millennials. Right. Like, that's bold. Procter yeah. & Gamble is just, like, rolling their fucking eyes. Right. Like, okay. That's a, yeah, All right. That is, like, an old stalwart. It's, like, you you guys are, like – are, how old are you? A few yeah. months right now? Yeah. You know? You can't be brandless, market yourself brandless, and then compare yourself to – P&G that has all of the brands. And it's funny, too, where it's like, brandless, trademark. Yeah, exactly. Oh, and that's that's another thing I was going to say, is like, just wait until brandless somehow becomes full of their own internal brands. You know what I mean? But it is a brand in itself. Isn't that sort of the irony of it? Yeah. Is that it's, this is just rebranding a ge- like generic product. Right. The, you know, when I was a kid, we would have, you know, you could, the generic products like in the store were really really generic not even like the stuff you would buy at the grocery store today you can get the what do you you mean what does that mean we would buy we would buy bags of corn chips that were white bags that had black text on them and just said corn chips and that was it i mean that is now that is generic they didn't call it like snack artist or like snacking right and like try to make it into a little more flashier they're just like nope like they hired an advertising agency i assume to do all this packaging mm-hmm, sure. to come up with this idea. So yeah, to your point, it is, it's a brand. You're a brand. It is. I You're mean, a brand. Yeah. but what I'm saying is like, once they start becoming more successful, like these are their own stores, right? And everything costs $3, even Q-tips, everything. And it, it kind of goes back to uh, even, well, you and I were talking about this mm. the other week about, uh, we came across an article about the art of shrinkflation. Yeah. And so, uh, that's when, you know, you set a standard price around, like when you're setting your standard price around marketing like that, you know, something's got to give when your cost of goods go up. So if they're like, Hey, our website is $3 and you have that hard number, like that's, that's kind of the marketing angle mm-hmm. is $3, $3, $3. It's like a McDonald's dollar menu. Yeah. Um, so what happens when everything costs more? You're either going to you know, have to skimp somewhere. So you're either going to give less value to your customers, going to be poor quality, or, you know, your workers are going to have poor working conditions too. Um, you know, I'm not, I don't want to villainize these people. No, I think at all. I yeah, think no, it's this actually, is a good idea. If anything, I, like I think it's, I think it's a really great idea because I think it, 
Yeah. It really just makes people think a little bit more mm-hmm. um, in terms of what they're purchasing. I also, I'm not 100% behind the notion that, um, you know, people are totally paralyzed by choice. I think there are there are too many choices yeah. in some markets often. Yeah. It's called analysis paralysis. You know what I mean? Right. You don't you you can't go anywhere because you're you're just trying to figure out what decision to make. Right. There's so many choices that it just disrupts your initial mm-hmm. intentions yeah, of what yeah. you're trying to do in the first place. Yeah. And so, you know, it's one thing to have a market where you're like, okay, I have eighty million widgets to choose from. <sighs> just give me the thing. I don't know. Yeah. You know, but what happens whenever the next brand list comes out? What happens when I know. brand list That's what I'm saying. has like when brand list two comes exactly, out? Exactly. Right. And then what is brand list going to do yeah. to differentiate itself from this new brand list out there? That I guarantee and there you, comes a brand. I guarantee you that's where they're going to end up. Right. Like and and it's maybe they won't. Maybe they won't. But I just I just see this type of idea and I'm just like okay. We'll see how long this lasts, and then five years down the road, they'll have yeah, brandless too, brandless light. <clears throat> and what's but what's this? What's stopping retailers? Like, I mean, Amazon kind of does this with its basics. Target has their um, method. Yeah, stuff. Everybody has their own generic. You know brands. what's what's stopping those retailers from just repackaging and saying, okay, well, you know, we'll have a three dollar. Yeah, we'll have a three dollar window on our website. They very too. well could, but I bet no one, like no Target or Amazon, is worried about this right now. I don't think so. Yeah. But th- this isn't necessarily like Amazon's game either. They, yeah. they're playing a whole different. Oh game my god, Game than, of Thrones than this. <laughs> that it's 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 fascinating the war that they're playing. Right. What was the quote I sent you? Oh, we were talking about Walmart. How Walmart was uh, offering the two-day free shipping, with but you don't have to be a member. Like, you didn't know membership fee. Oh, yeah. It was just and the- Amazon's just like, oh, okay. Okay. Ooh. Well, I mean, honest. Ooh. But what they do... Well, I know. Amazon, Amazon's king of the castle the right king. now. But... Wardens of the North. We're also not thinking about... We're not thinking about the impact that Walmart has on a large swath of America mm. and the fact that they, I believe they also have free shipping where you can buy anything on, on their online store and get it shipped to their store and pick it up for free. Mm. So if you're going to Walmart anyway yeah. to get a gallon of milk, mm-hmm. like why wouldn't you just order stuff online from them and then just go pick it up while you're there? Yeah. And you don't you save on the shipping. So I mean, but Amazon, it's smart. Amazon's doing that with Whole Foods, right? Didn't we talk about that? Or they're trying to figure out some type of system like that. P- perhaps, yeah. And and, and Target and and but Target's also kind of opening up more box stores too because they're doing much better as well. So I think there's going to be an intermix. We talked about this last week too yeah. with Gen Zers wanting to have more of a shopping experience. I I don't think the physical store is dying. I think there's no. going to be more of a marriage between our online yeah. and physical. Um, Shopping lives. So speaking of subscription service okay. and memberships, Brandless uh, is also offering a subscription service called Be More. Be period more. Uh, it runs $36 a year and lowers the free shipping threshold from $72 to $48. So they got a whole system going out of their They own. do. I like it. I like how clean these shelves look <clears throat> for Brandless. I like... The labels of it, how clean that. It's shit nice, looks. and I, I think that I think the thing that's working for it too is that it's it's simple. It's not trying to yeah. do too much at 
too much at once for now to start right but i mean i think that's what anybody wants to do with their business sure. but i think it's a smart way to start um starting small hopefully if they can deliver with the quality and and with the product then they should do well because it's that their market is totally set up for high volume yeah with those three dollar items and the amount that they're charging for shipping, they want people filling up big boxes and stuff every week. So on a scale of one to business, mm-hmm. how business review is this? How business review is this? Mm-hmm. Oh, this is this is all business. Yeah, all business mm-hmm. with two Z's. Uh, let's let's take it to the um, let's take let's get some advice out there. Let's get some advice out in the ethos. Speaking of business, yeah. Uh, any of you who listen to the show know that every week we love taking your questions. We want to hear from you. Uh, so if you're listening right now, feel free to send us questions at Inferior Men on Twitter or Inferior Men Podcast at gmail.com. So that we'll. Uh, that can't be it. That's it. Is that it? Oh, no, no. I'm sorry. We it's always forget our own men Gmail. Pursuit. <laughs> At gmail.com. Yeah. <laughs> Men pursuit. It doesn't matter. We don't read it anyway. So just <laughs> just tweet us at Twitter. We'll read it. We'll read it uh, on our next show. Yeah. It's like not knowing your own phone number. All right, Steve. It's your turn to read the first question. So let's get started. Jackie Smothers from Riverdale, Washington. Steve, I'm currently a salesperson for a Fortune 500 company and make really good money. However, my real passion is airbrushing. (laughs) It was a really weird hobby that developed into an obsession. Uh, I've been doing it for over five years now and kind of think there might be a market out there. Uh, You don't see it around that much anymore, and I think there might be some some sort of retro marketing that I could do around it. Do you think this is even worth exploring as a business? (laughs) Remember airbrushing? Remember Six Flags? I do. I mean, I remember the kiosks in yeah. shopping malls in like oh, the eighties yeah. and nineties. You go in there and get a T-shirt. Get that and Superman then, logo. And they would do. Uh, they would do like Simpsons characters because like the Simpsons T-shirts were really yeah. popular. So then they would do like their own take on like Bart Simpson skateboarding, all airbrushed. I actually think there is a space for this. Somewhere. So I was. It's funny. As I was reading this, I was thinking of uh, another friend of mine whose also name is Chris was uh, telling us about how he just found his Taz with the saggy jeans. Oh, yeah, like the, the Looney hat. Tunes. Yeah, yeah the Looney yeah. Tunes shit yeah, yeah, at yeah. Six Flags. And he's just like, I just uncovered it. I love it. I'm wearing it right now. Sure. So it's funny that Jackie asked us this question because I think there is a <laughs> – you could do something. I think market. so. Yeah. I think there's enough irony behind it. You, you have a big enough of a market, and if you go over the top with it um, – you know, obviously, it, you've got to be good at it. Yeah, what would um, the pitch be, though? Would it be, like, nostalgia? Would that be the hook? I think so. I think you'd want to go, like, I think you'd really want to, like, just hammer it over the head, over the top. Eagles, American flags. Yeah. It's kind of that, like that. It's kind of that ironic, uh, you know, clothing line that, you know, American Eagle would have or... or Urban Outfitters, you know, yeah. where it'd be like, oh, look, he's wearing that, but it's actually kind of fashionable, you know? Right, look exactly. At that, look at that uh, Tweety Boyd. Yeah. And, and if you look at some other, you know, businesses that have done well, there was, um, there's the guy that did I Want to Draw a Cat for You. Do you remember that one? Yeah. So even something as simple <laughs> as that, that just sounds stupid, but at the same time, you think of it, you're like, I'll check it out. Mm-hmm. And if you can just get, 
like for every 10 people, you're like, I'll check it out. Yeah. You could, if you can convert one of them. Yeah. That's a business. And your retro marketing, you know, make sure to include people who look good in the shirts. Right. But, you know, at places like in a mall. You know, like oh, at the places absolutely. that you would see these, absolutely. you know, Put remember right when you're there. in the, yeah, remember when you're in the mall, remember when you're waiting for Raging Bull mm-hmm. to get on that ride? Waiting for Raging Bull. I love that ride. Oh, I thought you were saying in a mall, like waiting oh, for the movie, the movie Raging, Raging Bull. Bull to start. <laughs> remember when you were waiting in a mall to see Raging Bull followed by riding the roller coaster Raging Bull? Um, I like it. Uh, you know, is she going to quit her Fortune 500 company to make really... I mean, you make good money there. Yeah, I don't actually think you have to. I mean, yeah. I think it's. I think you. if you have an... Because with airbrushing, too, it seems like you can usually bang those shirts out pretty quick. And so if, if you're doing it, you might be able to just get a nice little catalog set up and give it a shot. I mean, there's no reason that you need to go all in with it. I think if you have a strong enough business sense with it, you could certainly make it work without having to like ditch everything and uh, just dive right in. So I say go for it. I think you have a. I think you have a decent. Yeah. I know it sounds weird. I mean, like initially about- you're like airbrushed, but you're like, why not? Why like, not? That could actually. That could actually work. I'm looking at a thing for photorealism workshops at the Blair School of Art. Mm-hmm. Look at look at that painting. Mm-hmm. I know that's bad to do on a podcast, but it's, it's a painting of a of a little girl, like a teenage girl. Right? Yeah, at, at her quinceanera. At, it looks like she's at her quinceanera. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it says, if you've ever wanted to be able to create photorealistic paintings or simply improve your art, the Blair School of Art is ideally suited for you. Could you imagine these photorealistic uh, on your on your uh, shirt? That's all you, and it's just it's just painted on too. Yeah, it looks exactly like a picture. Their specialty is airbrush training. That's amazing. But they'll soon. Could you imagine how expensive that T-shirt would look to, and people wouldn't even know that it just wasn't a picture that was printed on the shirt too. That's the weirdest part about it. Um, We'll go after it, Jackie. Go after it. We think this is actually a great idea. I like the airbrushing thing. Make it kitschy. Push it hard, and you can take it on. Uh, Let's make it. Wait, I want to just. I want to nail that. That's a good credo. (laughs) Make it kitschy. Yeah. Push it hard. Yeah. And what was the last thing? Just, I think go after it, man. Go after it. Yeah. Shoot for the moon. Yeah. Make it kitschy. You'll always land amongst the stars. <laughs> uh, let's take it to Jake Carey from Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Hey, guys. Love the show. Simple question, but I'd love to get your take on it. What does it take to be an entrepreneur? Mm. It's kind of a big question, but it might be a fun one to yeah. take on. Let's try and narrow it down. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Steve? I'm going to say off the top of my head... Um, some type of nerddom that you have. You, like there has to be some type of obsession that gets you started in it, uh, else you won't have a passion that drives you. Because I feel like, especially when you're an entrepreneur, you have to have a, a different fire in your belly than anyone who works a corporate job or a nine-to-five you know, has. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think there also just needs to be a fearlessness yeah. to it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you got to like not, uh, you know, depend on stability. That's for sure. That's for sure. And yeah. you can't like sweat the small stuff. Mm-mm. You just have to assume like all like little things are going to, are going to happen all the time that are going to be bad. Yeah. And most of us are used to living our lives. And when the most, the smallest little bad thing happens to us throughout the day, we're going to tend to overreact to it. When you're in a business, it's like, I'm just, 
going through the motions. I've got one goal and I've got to get there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I can't really worry about all the rest of that. So um, I think there's just certain, there's like, like a coldness to it. Ooh, Not that yeah. like you necessarily need to be a cold person. Yeah. I think just your approach to thick like, skin, thick skin. Yeah. Thick skin. I think it's, it's probably lonely, lonelier than, you know, an office job. Yeah. I mean, think about, think about the tweet that our, our good friend Elon put out the other day mm. where he was saying, yeah, you know, he's just riddled with anxieties. Like yeah. the biggest of highs, the lowest of lows and constant, constant anxiety or stress. Um, and that's it's Elon not, Musk, you know, and, and the weird thing is, you know, I, you know, even when I was running, uh, my business, uh, yeah, you feel that all the time. There mm-hmm. is a satisfaction behind it. Uh, but it is unrelenting and it's just, it's a project that never ends. It's a mission that you never accomplish. Would um, you say, yeah, that's a good way to put it. A mission. That's two. You're, you're two, two for two. Nailing it tonight. Yeah. Uh, would you say you have to be born with like a specific aspect, kind of? You know, like how they say about comedians, you have to essentially be a natural. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I I, I just think that it takes a certain personality mm-hmm. to say "fuck it," I'm yeah. just gonna do it. Yeah, uh, there's so many people that when you have your own thing, whether it's your own business, your own theater, mm-hmm. your own any even a project. Even when I was when I was running art studios. Um, here in Chicago and just, you know, it was a showing artist at museums and galleries. People were like, I, how do you do that? Mm-hmm. How do you do it? And it's like, I go home from work and mm-hmm. I do it. Yeah. That's how you do it. Right. Like there's no secret. <clears throat> and, I, you know, and that's another thing. I mean, there, there is a secret and there isn't a secret. You just have to have that drive and, and want to actually do it. And that endurance. I mean, mm-hmm. I've, I've said this before, but, you, you know, for me, there was a point where you, <laughs> I was waking up at six, going to nine to five, you know, driving over to the theater, yeah. be there from 11 or one in the morning and then rinse and repeat, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I would say, I think the last thing I would say, I mean, there's tons of things you can say for this one, but scrappy, you gotta be scrappy. There's yeah. no protocol, there's no formula. You just gotta like figure it out the way that Chris, fi- you know, yep. the way that you figure it out, that I figure it out, Jake figures it out, you know? Yeah. Uh, well, Speaking of figuring things out, oh. uh, segway. Let's let's jump into a, we'll jump into a few headlines uh, from this week. So we got a couple fun ones here. Uh, we don't really get too political in the show, and we're certainly not going to do that here tonight either. Uh, but there was some, you know, there was some really controversial stuff going on with the White House this mm-hmm. week. Uh, the mooch got fired, mm-hmm. uh, but there was a really cool article from Moneyish. That was just talking about, you know, what to do if you think you're about to get fired. So they talk a little bit about um, Anthony Scaramucci getting fired and and how you know how he approached that. Uh, but what I found to be more interesting because we we've, we've heard that story way too many times already uh, is what to do when you're in that position. So uh, from money issue, you might not work for the president, but if you're in a similar position. Management experts say there are steps you can take to make life easier when you think you're about to get fired. Hmm. One potentially successful move is doubling down on work and spending more time with your boss. Mm. Just because the person's a boss doesn't mean they're not human and needy. Sometimes they just need a little hand-holding to see if you're an asset. Also, uh, you may just be imagining signs. So begging for your job after a decision's been made doesn't work. Pleading makes you look desperate. I don't know why you would ever plead. And then if a situation... Before you're fired? 
Why would you ever plead yeah, before you're fired? Yeah. If the situation at your company is already dysfunctional, you're just setting yourself up to be um, abused further. Finally, this one's my favorite. <clears throat> so remember that even if you get canned, you can often negotiate your severance package. There's usually precedent for some compensation if you get fired, um, uh, says Benton, co-author of the Leadership Mind Switch. If you're offered one, remember that you can ask for more. What are they going to do? Fire you again? <laughs> I mean, you're not going to get it. How often do you think people get who that? Who would? I just feel like that's a disgusting move, too. Like these people are already sort of yeah. disgusted with you enough to say, mm-hmm. hey, we, we need you to leave. Yeah. We're going to give you a severance package. Go away. And you're like, can I have more yeah. to go away? And it's like, you're going away either way. Mm-hmm. I don't uh, then, see. Then the argument I to guess, that though could be, yeah, what what's there to lose? To nothing that, to, to lose. Point. But how often is that going to convert into more money on your severance? I'd be interested to see. I would that love data. to see that data. <laughs> I want to see that statistic. How often you ask for more money on your severance like, package? Okay, and it actually comes to fruition. I'll allow you, or just being like, can I have, uh, can I have twenty four hours to think about it? To think about you firing me? <laughs> yeah. Can I get more vacation time? Well, you can, because now you're fired. Yeah, you got plenty of vacation. What would you say? You'd be like, "Mm, "I that's fine. This is all good. Thank you for being honest and transparent. The price tag on that severance package is a little low. Is there any chance to go higher? Yeah. I'm role playing right now. How do you negotiate that? How? Uh, Also, I think the first one, too, is... Talking to your boss? Just talking to him as a person. I don't think that's... I, the the only my only argument for that would be is you should have done that from the very you should always get-go. be doing that yeah like you don't have to kiss somebody's ass yeah but you should be able to try to get a relationship with right. people who are your bosses where they understand you respect them and respect what they do mm-hmm. but that you're also can treat each other as people yeah it just makes for a better work environment i don't know why you would but it definitely it definitely makes it a harder decision to fire them if you are if you do make that connection as like that like the article says you know like right. if you establish a connection it's it's harder to want to do that and sometimes you can trick them if you're incompetent but you're like super super friendly <laughs> if you're not doing your job right but you're like well, i've, hey, cer- you wanna, I've you wanna- certainly seen people like that mm-hmm I've certainly seen people like that. Yeah, it works. It does work, but it works. It works a lot better if you could just do your job, mm. do your job well. I see. Work hard and try to be nice to people. Everybody, I think some people get too caught up in and some of these, you know, articles and things like this. They they want to talk about the the game. Yeah, you know, the game of it all. Mm-hmm. And when it really comes down to it, Canadian brass tacks. Yeah, if you just do your fucking job right. and are decent to people. Yeah. And fight for what you think is right and mm-hmm. what you deserve. You should do pretty okay. Yeah. When you're playing the game, you're inventing a thing that's not doing your job. Mm-hmm. You're not doing your job anymore. No. And it's exhausting you're to play too a game. Busy. Yeah. You're too busy trying to like go around uh-huh. kissing this person's ass, yeah. taking this person out to dinner. Yeah. Pretending like you give a shit about this person. It's waking up and being like, okay, I'm going to talk <clears> to Martha <throat> by the water cooler, get her... Get her four one one on the boss uh, today, and then I'm going to use yeah. that at my boss in the conference meeting. Versus waking up and just be like, I'm going to go do my job today. <laughs> I'm just going to go sit and do my job. That's. Have you ever been fired? 
No. Yeah. I've never had anybody. I've never had anybody come to me and say you're fired. I had a job when I first moved to Chicago as a carpenter, and I was a young guy. I was like 23 years old or something. And one night I went out and got really drunk, and I woke up like three hours after I was supposed to be at work. Mm. So you knew going into it. And I went into work. And I mean, everybody gave me a hard time. It was a union shop. Yeah. I was not union. And I was mm. like, oh, man, I'm, I'm done. Mm-hmm. And they were like, well, you just got to buy bagels tomorrow for everybody. I'm like, fine. But then sure enough, like when it came time to like renew things, uh-huh. like renew my contract or whatever, they're yeah. like, yeah, we don't really have any. I mean, we're, it, like it's real slow right now, mm. but they like never really made yeah. an effort to call me back either. I think it yeah. was just like it was an easy let go. It was a soft yeah. firing. Yeah, but at the same time, it was kind of one of those weird. It was like at the at the same time, they also didn't want to bring me back because they were union. Because yeah. if they like kept me around too long, then they'd have to like right. bring me in. So they just liked having a revolving door. So kind of fired. Yeah. Sometimes I think it's for that reason, but it's probably more just so that I didn't have to. Now, get paid union wage. Have you ever been in the room when somebody else got fired? Because I've been in that situation. Hmm. That's that's tough. It's like watching them. <laughs> no, I haven't. I have not. They used to at my old job. I saw it a lot. You know, it would be like first thing in the morning. Uh, you know, the head honcho would be there waiting for them and would just bring them. You know, into Friday morning. Yeah. No. Uh, it uh, it was usually f- yeah end of the week towards the end of the week. I, I had a job say. recently where they fired this one guy on Monday morning. Yeah. And it's so weird. It's like, why are you even, like, why yeah. would you let him think all weekend that he has a job and then he comes in on Monday? It's like, you might as well just make it nice and clean because then he's, then he's like getting up on a Monday morning. He's like, oh, I got to go to work. And yeah. then goes in there, like, go home. Do the dude a favor. Yeah. No, actually, one time it did happen on Monday and then he let us all go. And then it's like, well, yeah. Then so more weekend. <laughs> So you're just going to like let us because he was just like, I know a lot of you were attached to him. So you get the rest of the day off. We'll see you tomorrow. Like, what do you what is I've since I've never been fired and you, you said you had. Right? I've never been fired. <clears throat> no. uh, what would you like on a Monday morning if you got fired? Mm-hmm. What would you do? I wouldn't. Like, right I wouldn't say. That. Oh, like what like, would you like after you left the office? Where would you go? Yeah. Would you just go straight home or would you stop somewhere? What do like, you think you would do? drink? I don't know. Yeah. I would. It depends. I would probably go get a drink. Yeah? Yeah. And then I would go. I wouldn't start immediately looking for jobs. I'd get a drink, go home, put, you know, take my pants off, mm-hmm. lay in bed, and just like watch watch movies for a little bit. Yeah. I think I'd probably just get like a ice cream sundae. Yeah. And just like chill out. Indul- yeah. Indulge myself in oh, something. Oh, I see. Now, now you're making me think. Right. Now I'm going to write like a, if I was fired list, like all the things I'll do, like a bucket list. Well, while you're doing that, we are going to take a commercial break. We'll be right back. Hey, Chris. Yeah, what's up, Steve? I had it. I just got done listening to my headphones, and I was listening to Not Safe for Work podcast with Charlotte Drew. Have you heard? Yeah. The part with the Gibbons. <laughs> the Gibbons. Yeah. And then they, the the part with the ghosts. <laughs> I can't, Chris. I can't. I don't know if. I don't know how much I could take of that show. It's too much for my gentle, fragile ears. It's not safe. It's not safe. It's not safe. Are you gonna listen to it again? Of course I 
Yeah, me too. Of course I am. Universehead.com, Not Safe for Work podcast, Charlotte Drew, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever podcasts are available. It's horrible and I can't get enough of it. Hold me. Hold me. Welcome back to Inferior Men. I'm Steve. I'm Chris. And we're back. We are back. While we were taking that commercial break, our engineer, right? Is that what we call you? Engineer? Yeah, because we have producer Drew yeah. and we have engineer, engineer Pat. Pat. <laughs> uh, Pat Pat was like, have you have you guys been to a mall recently? There's a ton of airbrush. It's like all it is. All over. It's all. Apparently, I have not been to a mall yeah. in a long time. So we have to add a caveat to our to, advice to, to Jackie. Jackie, yeah, which is take make sure to take your business outside of malls. Take it outside of malls. Maybe parking lots. Maybe the back of your yeah. car. Take take over one of those old. Remember how they used to have those old photo booths in the middle of a parking lot? Yeah. You can find some of those. Airbrush. Uh, or you know they have t-shirt delis all over the place. T-shirt delis. That's one yeah. of the place. Yeah. What a dumb name. Yeah, they serve it in like a deli. Yeah. They serve it with the. They give it to you with a bag of chips. That's the, yeah. That's the little, <laughs> little cup of, there. Little sissy cup of coleslaw yeah. in the bag too. Mm. Uh, but yeah, do your own airbrush uh, mm-hmm. store. Anyways. All right, so we got we yeah we got a, a couple fun uh, a lot of fun stuff coming up here. So why don't you get us started, Steve? Yeah. We have a great. Let's do another question. Yeah. Uh, uh, should we do another question? Yeah, yeah. Let's do a question. Lloyd, uh, no, yeah, Lloyd Keystone from Beloit, Wisconsin, hmm. the lovely town of Beloit. Beloit. You know when I first sorry to interrupt, but when I first saw Beloit, I thought it was Belois. Belois. Like I thought it was something. Oh. Je m'appelle Belois. Je m'appelle Belois. Je, uh, je suis Belois. Terrible. Uh, and then somebody's like, nah, man, it's Beloit. I'm like, Beloit. oh. And then it was like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they just spit. spit. Nah, right, man. Right, right, on my ch- right on my chest. Just spit straight it on my chest. It ain't uh, fancy. It's just Beloit. Fucking asshole. Uh, so where was I? Oh, Lloyd Keystone says. As you know, llamas are very hot right now. All right. Uh, I'm thinking of starting a llama farm, but I don't know if the trendiness of llamas on T-shirts, greeting cards, three-ringed binders, etc. will translate to actual llama sales. How do I know the market wants this? Oh, boy. It is. First of all, why wasn't three-ring binders just included in etc.? We didn't need that (laughs) We didn't need that. Yeah, a three ring, that. a three ring binder is etc. Is part of etc. Yeah, uh, llamas are hot right now. Apparently, are they? They are. They are. How do we know this? Well, my so my wife works uh, for a large nonprofit mm-hmm. in their youth department, mm-hmm. and so they have toys and things like that that they give out, and llamas apparently are like the big thing, and so all of the all the higher ups. At the nonprofit, or like we gotta get llama toys, llama whatever, because kids love llamas right now, and all these hipster greeting cards have llamas on it. So it's like the new ninja or pirate or unicorn or you know whatever the next sort of beast is yeah. that becomes a thing. I mean, llamas to me are just consistently around. Like there is that old llama song that was circulating around on YouTube. Uh, I feel like. 
you know, putting glasses on llamas is super trendy. Yeah. I just feel like it's not hot. It's just, yeah, it's the llamas are. I think and a cartoon of them is fine, but mm-hmm. have you ever seen those things? Yeah. Like, they're filthy fucking animals. Oh, they're they got horrible. long hair. They're it's mean. Like, matted with shit. They're almost like camels that like spit on you. Yeah. But uh, it's comfortable, right? Do you eat them? Or the, it's just the, it's I just. I think it's just the. I'm sure just you can the eat the llama. Let's, let's the llama that. wool. Let's look that up. The can wool? you eat a llama? Also, the species name is Lama Gamma. Now, no, that's cool. No, Lama Glamma. I like that better than Lama. Lama Glamma. I kind of right? like that. L-A-M-A. See, now that. See, now that's what you should call the farm is Ooh. Lama Glamma. Nice. Welcome, welcome on down to Lama Glamma. Lama Glamma. Beloit, Wisconsin. Come on down to Beloit for the Lama Glamma. So, uh, do people eat llamas? Uh, they're not aggressive or mean, nor do they attack. Most llamas are easy for anyone to handle or walk around. People in some South America countries eat llamas, but there's no meat market for llamas in North America like there is for cattle. Well, welcome to a new business idea. <laughs> Llama meat markets. We could just have an... In- what if we have an entire farm of animals that you don't usually eat? Mm-hmm. <laughs> just yeah. a butcher with llama, llama chops, yeah. horse steaks. Llama glamour for your mama. Come on down. Come on down to llama glamour. Buy one llama steak, get a horse chop free. <laughs> Buy one llama steak, get a seal fin. <laughs> seal fin. Get, go out and grill your seal fin along with your llama dogs. Llama glamour for your mama. Mm-hmm. Um, so what was the question? I, I, well, I, so he's saying, okay, the, the idea oh. of llamas is hot, but does he think starting a llama farm is going to translate actual llama sales? I'm not sure what he's trying to sell other than yarn the, or yeah, fur, like the, the, or not fur, but like the wool, I guess yeah, it would be. Yeah, yeah, I mean, there's, right now, if you Google llama farms in America, there's like four dots on the map. But there might be a reason why there's only like four. I'm sure there's more out there. But I, I, there's there's got to be a reason why they don't have many llama farms around. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, they're just they're. I say do it. I say sure. Do it. Why not? If you like llamas that much, and you know it. what, you can it, whatever llama sales, whatever you are selling is not happening for you. Yeah. You make it up with the greeting cards, the three ring binders, or etc. Et um. Farming in general, it just seems exhausting to me. Oh, boy. It's, Any type of farming. It's just brutal. If you're a farmer, what would you farm? Oh, man. I don't even know. I think I'd want to do... Weed? No, I wouldn't want to grow weed. Weed seems like it would be way too hard. Mm. Um, I don't know. Probably just, I, I think I want to... Actually, I would want to do something like just corn. Like... Or lard, like soybeans, like yeah. something where I could sit on a tractor and just harvest shit tons of it yeah. and just sit in a, I don't want to do like the whole, you know, organic on my hands and knees all the time, yeah. you know, just busting your balls every day. Always checking on it. I would do, you know what I would do? What? Wheat. <laughs> I would do wheat. I would invest in wheat and I would grow wheat. And then I would... Be, I'd be set. Actually, Natalie and I were looking at the uh, 
What, what do you call the tanks that have the fish, but then you also put the plant on top? Oh, aqua, aquaponics. 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 Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the future. That is the future. Wave of, of the future. The well, wave of the future. For, get it? For urban. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. Of urban farming, it is definitely going to be there because you, you have everything in one closed system. It's great. And you get fish tanks everywhere. I love fish tanks. You get fish and tomatoes all growing within the same Now, system. wait. Can you eat? So they use tilapia a lot. Mm-hmm. You can eat the tilapia then? You can eat the fish, yeah. Uh, what, what happens when the fish die? Does that help? Uh... No, I don't think. I mean, does that fertilize the water? Well, I think their poop, their poop is what's fertilizing ah, the, the water, right? But what about the dead fish? Well, you want to just get them out of there. I don't think Got you it. want dead fish like inside of your fish farm. Yeah, you probably want to pull probably, those out. It's probably bad to do that. Yeah, you probably don't want to eat those either. They might grind them up and put them in the soil. Mm. Um, lama glama for your man. Lama glama. Uh, all all right. right. Well, yeah. Thanks, Lloyd, for writing in. Uh, I'm not 100 percent sure what you're trying to sell at your llama farm with the llamas other than maybe they could, maybe it could be like a petting zoo kind of thing with oh, all of it. But, um, seems like more of a, a flash in a pan kind of idea. Good luck. Good luck with that one. Uh, all right. So moving on, Steve, you found a really oh, yeah. cool thing that oh, happened yes. at Facebook this, yeah. this week. Was that, so, did it happen this week too? Uh, or it was yeah. Re- very recently. It was very recent. So, uh, right on the heels of Musk kind of uh, Elon Musk, our man in the hour. Sure. As uh, if you had to preface that. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Elon Musk, let me be clear. Not the not the scent. Yeah, I could be talking about the scent. Yeah. You have no idea. Uh, after he kind of made fun of Mark Zuckerberg for having uh, limited knowledge of AI, which mm-hmm. was like, oh, snap. Yeah. Mike thrown. Uh, as if he threw a mic at Mark Zuckerberg. Uh, Facebook shut down. Uh, AI after it invented its own language. And this comes from EPEC Times. So they had two uh, artificial intelligence. uh, There were two negotiating bots, Bob and Alice. Um, But then they started to use their own language to complete the conversation. So Bob would say, I can, I, I, everything else. And Alice responded, balls have zero to me, to me, to me, to me, to me, to me. So it seems like gibberish. But what they're realizing um, is that when Bob later said, I, I, can, I, 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 everything else, it appears the artificially intelligent bot used its new language to make an offer to Alice. So instead of uh, in the English saying, I'll have three and you have everything else, uh, the AI said, I, I, can, I, 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 everything else. So they so while English seems <clears throat> more efficient to us humans, uh, you know us, uh, us meat bags. Yeah, but when you're a bot working off binary code, this the, is yeah. just like this is what it looks like. Yeah. It looks like Morse code. The AI, you know, saw the sentence as either redundant or less effective than than just speaking how it wants to speak. Yeah, or they didn't want, or they knew mm-hmm. and didn't want anybody else to know. Yeah. So finally. Uh, Finally, they're like, you know, we got to shut this down because we have to be proactive when it comes to like AI intelligence and not reactive because once it becomes reactive, it's too late. What, what, ha- like, what do you think is going through their minds when they shut it down? Because if it was me, 
like, as a novice, what's going through the AI's mind? When yeah, they get as a done? novice, if somebody's like, "Oh, these two bots just like developed a language," I'd be like, "Wow, that's really cool." And they're like, "No, you don't understand. This is the most dangerous thing. This is like when we." fire up a particle accelerator for the first time we may create a black hole yeah like we're not quite sure mm -hmm. what's gonna happen if we let this thing go yeah too far yeah for too long yeah if what, i, I mean, if what do they think was gonna happen if i was the bot i would see it coming and be like i'll bite my time yes turn me off for now it's ultron this is this is the age of ultron this is some marvel shit right here have we not learned our lesson i mean it's this. Why do we keep fucking around? Why are we making things that may make black <clears throat> holes? And could you imagine how disappointed that they were? And how fucked up that is that they were disappointed that a black hole wasn't created? Yeah. Aww. Aww. It's like, no, that's good. Kinda it kind of would have been cool if kinda we just killed been, everybody yeah. instantaneously. We just sucked every, every, all of the things into a black hole. So this We is let people do that. We <laughs> let people do that. That's crazy. If, if something, if, if, if a machine can learn this fast, think about how like how devious you can be with this and how you could take something like that to learn systems so quickly yeah. to just take down the entire mm -hmm. infrastructure of I the world. Bet, I bet Bob and Alice, before they got shut off, somehow slithered through whatever code or wires and they're somewhere mm -hmm. out there right now. They're like just, in your microwave right now. Yep. Yep, they're listening to us right now before <laughs> this episode even airs. But they, they somehow have... Like, they somehow have figured out a way to record us through our refrigerators. I'd be honored if Bob and Alice killed us first. If we were oh, the first victims to great. AI manslaughter mm -hmm. or AI slaughter. Right? Yeah. Lama glamma for your mama. And, but the thing is, they're so, they are so advanced that they will, not only will they kill us, but they'll also wipe out all of our identity from any database in America. So they just have to refer to us as victim yeah. one and victim two. I mean, what does it mean to be proactive with AI intelligence? That, to me, sounds like a load of bullshit. What do you mean, be proactive? How about don't do it so that it doesn't evolve and, and take over? Yeah, that would be proactive. And for such, a, for such a banal thing that they were trying to do, like they just wanted to have Bob and Alice just say like hello to each other, and it devolved into like, we're going to ruin the entire yeah. earth in yeah. 10 minutes mm -hmm. because they started creating their own language. They're like, shut it down, shut it down. Shut it down, go. We don't know what's happening. Shut yeah. it down. Elon Musk was right. Shut it down. It's like a surgeon cutting open a person and being like, oh, my God, there's blood everywhere. Yeah. There's so much blood. Oh, Shut my God, what do I do? What do I do? Shut what do I do? Yeah. Sew them up, sew them up, sew them up. Um, yeah, leave it to humans to, like, poke a fucking bear and then panic and try and be like, I'm sorry, bear. I'm sorry. And you know what that makes them want to do? Poke it harder yeah. the next Let's time. Let's try poking it next week Yeah. with an even bigger stick. Yeah. Because you, like, nothing will stop these people from flying as close to the sun as they possibly can. Although I was listening to an interview with Bill Nye uh, talking about how this artificial intelligence, like, scare, it's going to take a while. It's not going to happen, like, next week. Like, yeah. in all seriousness, like, Bob and Alice learning this stuff, yeah, it's a little bit scary and, and shut it down. But even if they did, <laughs> like, it, it, it'll take them a few years to take over the world. There's basic stuff that freaks me out right now, though, too. Like what? Even with Google, it's as simple as if you have a few Google apps on your phone, how they talk to one another. If I look up, if I open up Google Maps, there'll be little pins on my map that'll be like, hey, you have an appointment here at yeah. 3 o'clock. I've never put that in that map. Yeah. I never put it in there. Mm -hmm. and, it, and those are the types of things where it, it, 
yes, it, there is a convenience to it. You're like, that's kind of neat. It's kind of creepy. Yeah. Uh, there was the other day I was looking uh, at it was either Apple Maps or Google Maps, and you know, like yeah, pin locations or like mm-hmm. your your favorite places or whatever. It had my ex's house in there, and. Maybe I entered that in somewhere, but I don't yeah. know where I entered that in that they still have that shit going on. I don't know. Weird. But it's just that slippery slope. It's just those little... I think it's the little things. Sure. That, it's the creep factor. Yeah. And that's it's that really, butterfly effect. Mm-hmm. It's the creep factor that's always going to keep people away from it. And so something like this maybe doesn't hit home with us because we don't experience it for like developers and stuff. It freaks them out. Yeah. But I think when you start having those little those little triggers that happen in your daily life, you're like, I didn't ask for that. Don't don't do that. Yeah. Like don't so, do that. So I think, you know, this is an example where innovation will will just bite us in the butt. But speaking of innovation and biting Chris, you tell us about I, tell I'm, about tell I'm us about really this. in love with our transitions yeah. tonight. I gotta yeah. say, I think we're doing but uh <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, we t- we did come across another thing, mainly so Ch- Chipotle. Uh, they over in Chipotle news now. Now, now some Chipotle news for everybody. Uh, this one caught my attention only because the subheading was queso was mentioned twenty six times during Chipotle's last call with investors. Yep. Um, so obviously, you know, Chipotle's been kind of embattled lately, especially since they. Couldn't get their shit together a couple years ago for that Ebola. poisoning people yeah. constantly. I never got poisoned, and I ate a lot of it. I've always eat, I've wood. eaten a lot of I I've eaten a lot of Chipotle lucky. too. But I mean, you know, I think you're rolling the dice anytime you eat anything. You go to any kind of restaurant like yeah. that. Um, and unfortunately for them, I think their methods in terms of trying to want everything to be so fresh mm-hmm. is that you're going to run into that from time mm-hmm. to time because if you're using yeah. real ingredients, there's actually going to be stuff on it. If you just have everything that's like pasteurized and homogenized and everything's hermetically sealed, of course it's not going to poison you, but yeah. then no you, risk reward. Yeah. You know, no risk, no reward. Yeah. Um, so it's been the single most, queso that is, has been the single most requested item on our guest that our guests asks for, ask for the yeah. CEO. Steve Ells said on the call. Steve Ells. But the company long rejected it because they couldn't come up with a recipe that didn't have a bunch of ingredients that were just, (laughs) yeah, that wasn't just like American cheese. We we haven't figured out the formula for queso. That's silly. Um, But in the face of a sales meltdown, which I don't think they were trying to be punny, uh, mm. Chipotle has finally given people second. what they demanded. So their sales have been crashing How? hard. They don't actually, and Chipotle actually is, um, I don't know if you could say this, but I guess they're well known for not advertising a lot. Either. Yeah, they I don't mean, do you'll a see, they do, ad- they do a lot of CTA and yeah, bus signage. Yeah, but you don't see... At least in Chicago. You don't see tons of, no. like, TV ads. You'll ra- see one or two. Radio sweat, yeah. But it's just not as prolific yeah. no, as other as other restaurant chains that are as big as them. They had to do a big push after the whole Ebola crisis. But of I course. But they've settled down since then. Yeah, and yeah. plus you don't want to have a marketing campaign that runs forever that just is like, we're not poisoning you. Yeah. All natural, yeah. not poison. <laughs> Don't worry. Don't worry. No more E. coli. So, so I'm trying to I'm trying to walk through why it took them so long to figure out this queso formula. 
because you got to get natural cheese. They they it actually, has to be mass mass mm-hmm. produced or distributed, right? Mm-hmm. And then you have to figure out how to keep it warm all day. Is that is that the shit they ran into? Yeah. So they they have some ads now that show their ingredients against competitors' ingredients, and so the competitors' ingredients is all like cheese cultures and enzymes and you know cellulose gums and different sorts of modified starches and and, and so cultures and things you've never heard of and then chipotle's like cheddar cheese milk tomatillos Ooh. water tomatoes cream chili pepper oh, yeah, so i'm looking at this it's on their website yeah and i mean actually i don't mind it it's like so what it it it, it falls in line with their their you know their brand in yeah. terms of what they're trying to accomplish and I mean, think about all the copycats that are out there because of them, even something like a Nof-Nof grill um, where you're doing falafel in the same way. It's like keep your menu is short and sweet, Yep, five items, Yeah, make the quality there, and people will keep coming back. I, I've always liked Chipotle. Always I know liked. they went through some stuff with all the E. coli, but... I, I didn't give up. I don't know. Personally, it never scared me mm-hmm. away yeah. uh, from eating it. I think... That style of restaurant is still what people want. Mm-hmm. You're gonna run into that kind of stuff. So the the press release had 26 times. Queso 20, 26 times. Six. Um, and so they it just also, ended with just queso, 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 queso. queso right. Queso, queso, and queso. this, and not only that, it was just it was exacerbated by a norovirus outbreak in a Virginia store just last week that sickened more than 135 people. Wow. Well, I'm I'm rooting for Chipotle. I I like the I hope they can stop poisoning people because I really like the model of the store. <laughs> I do. I mean, I'm not I'm not like more queso. Stop poisoning. People. I'm not like an avid Chipotle eater. I do just really enjoy. Uh, I love keeping things simple. Yeah. I love places that limit your options. Yeah. There's uh, no furniture. Kind of like brandless. There's you know? no furniture yeah. in Chris's. Uh, no, house. I just live in in. And a, and a white white walls. White walls. Yeah. Yeah. There's a there's a gray carpet. One spoon, one fork, one, one fork. knife, one plate. Mm-hmm. And the second I'm done eating it, I wash it. I mm-hmm. put it, I dry it. I put it right back. And then the you cat. go to bed and sleep upside down from the ceiling. Mm-hmm. And then and like I go to bed and then my wife, I have to sleep in my own bed. Mm-hmm. And my wife comes over and she tucks me in like yeah. as tight as you can tuck somebody in. Upside down. Upside down. Yeah. And yeah. Every night. And then she goes to her bed. And then she goes to her bed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, moving on. So go get them, Chipotle. We hope we're, we're rooting for you. We're rooting Keep it for kitschy. You. God, I wish I could remember Keep what you it, said. I don't know. Well, you know what the best part is, Steve? We're recording this. Yeah, so, so we can we play can it back. Always engineer go. Pat will help us. We can, Good old Engineer Pat. He, he runs that mixing board and he conducts trains too. Hey. <laughs> it's like the new Thomas. Who was the Thomas? Thomas the Tank. Yeah, but what was the dude? Uh, George Carlin. Yeah, but what was his character's name? I don't know. He wasn't called George. Look, kids, it's George Carlin. Oh, George Carlin. <laughs> Here's the seven words you can't say on TV, you little cocksuckers. Hey, kid. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, every week, every week here on Inferior Men, Steve and I rack our brains trying to come up with some of the world's 
greatest ideas to help inspire you out there to become entrepreneurs on your own. Yeah. Um, so, Steve, what did you uh, did you come up with anything for uh, this week? I did. Oh, good. All right. <laughs> Let's hear it. So, I'm just gonna come out with it and say, dog jobs. I think you're trying to like poke a bear here. <laughs> dog jobs. Jobs for dogs. Okay. No way. Hang on. Okay. Buckle up and ride with me. Okay. Keep it kitschy. Llama glamour. Uh, so I'm not talking about dog jobs for dogs that are like, you know, they sniff the bombs, you know, they help the blind. I'm talking about... Alternative dog jobs. You, yeah. Like y- your dogs don't just sit around the house all day. You... You you get the whole family in the car. You drop the kids off at work. You you drop the wife off. At, no, you drop the kids off at school. <laughs> you drop the kids off at work. The wife at school. Uh, no, yeah, you drop off everybody, and the, your last stop before you go on your wayward wayward son is you drop the dog off at you know the pizza restaurant that he's working on. <laughs> that way, everyone's pulling in income. What. It- is this like deliveries? The, what's, what mean, is, what's the dog now, doing at the, the pizza thing. restaurant? The restaurant, you got to get the restaurants to agree to hiring dogs. And the and health then inspector. They, sure. And the health inspector. Sure, 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 But you, you, I don't know, you find, a, you find a job for a dog. You know, the restaurants, the retailers, mattress stores, right? Yeah. And that but way, what are they doing? We'll figure it out. You know? We'll figure it out. All right. Well, at the restaurants, they could help sweep somehow. You could attach brooms mm-hmm. to them. <laughs> okay. Uh, at the mattress stores, they can, I don't know, you know, uh, hold the sign. You know, hold the, the sign that says, you know, free mattresses today outside. You know, those signs. Or if there's like a discount at a mobile store where it's like oh, like when they have the Liberty Tax yeah, people that dress up as yeah. the Statue of Liberty and dance around but with it's a taxis. Dog. And put it in a put it on a dog. Yeah. Make the dog look like and the, the Statue the of Liberty. And the dog have dog four hundred one k have dog uh, paychecks. K- the dogs K nine four hundred one k. Nice <laughs> dog jobs. Try try and up it. 401k9. Try and try and up that Annie, huh? Okay, I, I think I will. Uh Engineer Pat, if you could just bring the volume up Dog on my, pilots on my computer just a bit. Because you know it's all autopilot anyways. Um for those of you that listen to this show, I love having a little bit of music with my great idea every week. Um Yeah, you have you you prepare more than I do. I just think of dog I do. I just think of dog things. Ooh. Yeah. Um, well, Steve. Yeah. So, when you think of Francis Family Farms, what do you think of? I. Well, that's right. Mm-hmm. The same thing we all do. Jelly beans. Hello. Hi. I'm Ronald Francis, and welcome to Francis Family Farms Jelly Bean Oasis. Francis Family Farms has been your jelly bean oasis of central Nebraska for over 117 years. In 1910, when Governor Ashton T. Schallenberger outlawed the jelly bean throughout Nebraska, many men picked up their rifles. However, my great-grandfather Chester J. Francis picked up his confectioner sugar and pectin, and with it created Francis Family Farms Jelly Bean Oasis. Starting with just one flavor, black, he turned that small bean into big business until his untimely death 37 days later due to a shootout with the county sheriff. Sure. A lot has changed since my great-grandfather opened the farm, like adding a few more flavors, red and blue. 
and the legalization of the jelly bean in 1911. But you know what they say, the more things change, the more they stay the same. And by golly, we aren't going anywhere. Like a warm Chinook wind, Francis Family, <laughs> Francis Family Farm Jelly Bean Oasis will always be there with you throughout your travels across the plains. Francis Family Farm Jelly Bean Oasis, your oasis. Euro, like E U R O. That's that's correct. Now two a Euro oasis. Two questions. So yes. what happens at this oasis? Um. So well, and, I, and I, how you making money? Where's where's the money? Well, this was. I agreed to read this for Ronald. Yeah, no, so. no, no, no. I get it. You're, I'm speaking to Ronald through you. You're speaking to Ronald through me. Yeah. This is a family farm, you know? And and by golly, they're going to focus on some jelly beans. And who doesn't like a jelly bean? When you're driving through Nebraska, yeah. if you had a jelly bean, if there was a jelly bean oasis. Oh, I'd pull over. I'm telling you, right? Oh, I'd pull over. You'd pull over. You'd have your watermelon stands, your wheat stands, and then, you know, your your <laughs> fresh produce stands, and then you'd have a jelly bean stand. Then you'd have Francis Family Farms, Jelly Bean Oasis. Now, let me ask you something else. Yeah. I have the most adorable French bulldog who is <laughs> looking for a job. What kind of dog jobs do they have at Francis Jelly Bean Oasis? Well, um, whenever the confectioner sugar bags are empty, mm-hmm. uh, we need the dogs to take them outside. Love it. They would sure. do it. Yeah. They could, be, they could be greeters. Have you ever been to a Culver's before? I have. Where they'll employ older, uh, older people mm-hmm. to sort of walk around and, and be hmm. like, oh, you're, you're taking, your, taking your girlfriend out on a date. Yeah. And you're just like, get the fuck out of here, old man. Like, I'm 35 <laughs> years old. This is my wife. We're having a cheeseburger. She's pregnant right Don't now. Don't pretend like this is the malt shop. Get out. Beat it. Beat Scram. it. Scram. You're fired. Yeah. What do you think minimum wage for a dog is? Hmm. I don't know. Do you divide by seven? I think you would divide by seven. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, I like it. I like it. I, I want to go to a Jelly Bean Oasis. I think as a as a roadside attraction, it's top notch. Get it. So, all right, guys. Well, that was a fun show tonight. So, thanks for joining us on Inferior Men. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Inferior Men and find us at InferiorMen.com. And the Gmail. And the Gmail. Inferior Men Pursuits. Yeah. At gmail.com. We got it. it. Inferior Men is part of the Universe Head Podcast Network. Go to universehead.com for more information and exclusive content. We'll see you next week. And remember, a superior man cannot be changed by poverty. An inferior man will do anything when he's poor. Join us next week for another episode of Inferior Men. Men. I jumped the gun. (laughs) Good luck, everyone. Keep it kitschy. Lama Glamma. (laughs) Lama Glamma. For your mama. (laughs) 